Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous September 1st day, 2021. Coming right up, it's 1 Samuel chapter 15. Don't you dare miss it. All anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. This Companion Chapel podcast makes the Bible easy for you to understand and enjoyable for you to follow along. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. This is your church. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your part consists of getting involved in the church administration with your time or money contributions, managing, marketing, advertising, helping with the website or the blog, whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. Give it a for God at companionchapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com. Companion Chapel is located at number 338 Side Road 28 slash 29 Paisley, Ontario, Canada. The postal code here is N0G2NO. And come on out for the Bible study. Downtown Paisley, Ontario, Canada, and the old Thompson Furniture Store. It's right on the main street of Paisley, Ontario. There's no traffic lights in Paisley. It's a very small town. And you can't miss the old Thompson Furniture Store. Come on in. And Bible study every Monday night and every Thursday night. It's just the greatest thing. Get involved with the Companion Chapel, and this podcast is only available through your donations. Thank you very much for keeping this podcast alive and going. It's helping many people broadcasting God's saving word. And there goes my doggie. She's going to go lay down. Land out I love you so much. And here we go with 1 Samuel chapter 15. Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken now unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Listen up, Saul. Listen to what God has to say. Okay, don't go after your own heart, what you think is best. And this is for everybody. Listen to what God has to say to you. Your father knows better. He knows all things. God knows how much affliction each of us needs to humble for the eternity. Because he knows better. That's why we say thank you, God, for the chastisement. Because he knows better. He loves you. His arms are always stretched out. Two, thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came, when he came up from Egypt. Amalek was of Esau. And remember, uh, when Rebekah and Isaac were having twins there, Jacob and Esau, God said, I hate Esau. I love Jacob. He hated him before when he was in his, when uh, Esau was still in the womb. How could that be? Because God knows us. Jeremiah, God knows us before we were born. And he knows what Esau would perpetuate. The system of tyrancy, of communism, the systems of dictatorships. Okay. Verse 3. Now go and smite Amalek. These are Father's orders. And utterly destroy all they have and spare them not. But slay both man and woman, infant and suckling ox, and sheep, camel, and ass. And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telium, 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. Now remember, God is the God of the living. If people are being and people are entrenched in their heathenistic ways, 
and are getting in the way of God's plan of salvation, then he, he just requires them back. You guys come back. God is the God of the living, not the dead. God has to protect his saving word because he loves us. This isn't as people say to me, God's murdering men and women and children. Instantly, you're with the Father. As it's written in the book of Corinthians, you have two bodies, a celestial body and this flesh body. You're in one body or the other. There's no purgatory. There's no limbo. There's no languishing in some cemetery in a box six feet under. You're instantly back with the Father. Verse 4. And Saul gathered the people together. Okay, so he's got a big army here. 200,000 people and 10,000 people of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. So this is Numbers chapter 24, verse 20 prophecy anyways. And Saul said unto the Kenites, Go depart and get down from the Amalites, lest I destroy you with them. Here is a huge key of David. For you showed kindness to the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. Now read this thread through the Bible. This is a major thread for understanding, a major part of the key of David, the Kenites, also known as the Rechabites. They're sons of Cain. Remember the very first prophecy in Genesis 3.15. I will put enmity between your seed line, Satan, and Eve's seed and Eve seed line. That's why Cain is not listed in the genealogy of Adam. That's why it says in John 8, 44, you're of your father, the devil. That explains the parable of the tares. They're of the wicked one. That explains Revelation 2, 9 and Revelation 3, 9. The only two churches, Smyrna and Philadelphia, that Jesus Christ did not have something against. Thread runs through the Bible. The Kenites, sons of Cain, will play any role to assimilate into any culture to survive. It's written in the book of Daniel. They come in peacefully and prosperously. They're subtle. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah, that's to say the circle, unto, and to Shur, let's say the wall, that is over against Egypt. Okay, so his army dusted them. So Saul's doing good so far, but, verse 8, And he took Hagag, the king of Amalek, alive, contrary to God's order. In verse 3, God just says, go destroy them. They're too heathenistic. They're drawing too many people away from me. I want us all, I want all of my children to sing for joy for me again, as it's written in Job 38. But these people are too heathenistic and they're causing too much trouble in the world. I require them back from the flesh. They're instantly in the spiritual body. But Samuel decided, no, I'm going to keep the king. He utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agog, the king, and the best of the sheep and the oxen of the fatlings of the lambs and all that was good. And would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refuse, they destroyed utterly. Contrary to verse 3, and they looked upon the treasures with the lusts of the flesh. Oh, look at this stuff. I want it. Greed, gluttony, possessiveness. Trademarks of evil. Trademarks of the vile one, Satan. 
It's mine. This stuff's good. I want it for me. Contrary to God's word. Verse 10. Then came the Lord, then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, This is what God said. It repenteth me that I said I've set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandment. What's this word repented mean? Well, this word repented when it applies to God is nisham in the Hebrew language. It's on page 544 of your lexicon. God sighed in disappointment. That's what repenteth mean when it applies to God. He sighed with disappointment. We don't have repentance yet until after where the New Testament should start, which is after the book of John. But after our Lord Jesus Christ, give it up on the cross, laid his life down at the appointed time, we now repent through him. That's change of heart. God didn't have a change of heart. God knows. His word was, is, and always will be. It never changes. It is consistent. Mankind is inconsistent. God is consistent. Un, he has unchanging principle resolve. His words are written in the councils of eternity. They cover infinity back to present to future. But God does sigh with disappointment. It repented me, God said. I sighed with disappointment. Saul, I gave him so much. This guy was just a loser, heap sh- sh- or uh, ass herder. Like he couldn't even keep track of his, his, his dad's livestock. I put him up in, as king. And look at it. He won't even listen to me. And, this is, and listen to what God says furthermore. For he has turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Saul and he cried unto the Lord. Yeah, Saul followed his own heart. He believed in himself. And that's what people around here and a lot of people that I meet. No, you have to believe in yourself. You know, you believe in the Lord God. He knows best. All the evil in the world comes from the heart of mankind. Self-pride, arrogance, possessiveness, egotism. Egotism that fuels their sense of entitlement. These guys thought they were entitled to the best of the sheep, the oxen, and all their stuff. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel arose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Samuel, come to Carmel. And behold, he set up, he set up a place and has gone about and passed on and gone to Gilgal. And Saul sought out, and Samuel went and, you know, found Saul. And Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I perform the commandments of the Lord. Okay, Saul, you're now a textbook liar. And you're the king. And isn't that just absolutely typical of mankind trying to govern themselves? Mankind has a 100% failure rate at governing themselves. 100%. And here's just an example for us. All these things are written for us, for examples, in the end times. They apply to us today. God's word was, is, and always will be the same. First uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. All these things were examples for us. Look at what a leader does. Even when he's, even when he's uh, anointed leader by God himself. Samuel's a liar. He didn't perform the commandments of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? They're supposed to be destroyed. And Saul said, 
They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Oh, they're trying to make everything look so holy. You have to discern what seems good compared to what is written and ordered by our Father. It's sad what people do in the name of religion. They put their heart first. They put man's word first. Traditions of men. The merit, human merit, human entitlement, human experience, human endeavor. They put that in front of God's word. And, this, and they, then they try and make it look so holy. Look what we're doing here, Saul says to Samuel. Yeah, we didn't obey God, but look at how holy this looks. Apply that today to the churches today. Apply that to people's religion. And when people say, oh, I'm not religious, everybody's religious. Religion just means what you believe in, what you pay homage to, what is in the foremost of your heart. And most people around here, it's money in themselves. And that'll always let you down. 16, then Samuel said unto Saul, stay and I will tell you what the Lord has said to me this night. In other words, uh, Saul, hush up, be quiet, and listen. I'm going to tell you what God said. And he said unto him, and Saul says, okay, say on. Okay, let's hear it. And Samuel said, when thou was little in thy own sight, and was not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. I know that says a question mark here, but is this what happened, Saul? You're wandering around looking for your dad's asses, just tripping around. And what happened? God made you, anointed you king over all Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go utterly and destroy the sinners, the Amalekites. Send them back to me, God said, and fight against them until they be consumed. God is the God of the living, not the dead. Send these people back to me and you know, we'll, there's some teaching going on up there in heaven. You can guarantee it. 19. Wherefore then didst this, this thou not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you not obey the Lord? But did fly upon the spoil and did evil in the sight of the Lord. You just went after the stuff. 20. So we have to think about hum, weak human emotions. No discipline in the word. You know, it's possible Agag bribed for his life to Saul with, with the, the stuff, like the spoil, the riches. Who knows? doesn't matter. We have to say no to ourselves. That's what meek means in the Hebrew language. When our Lord Jesus Christ said, the meek shall inherit the earth, the meek is not what meek means in English. It's absolutely opposite the way Satan twists things. Meek in the Hebrew means to learn to say no to yourself, to afflict yourself with self-discipline, to learn to say no to all the vain curiosities that come up before you. And this vain curiosity of all these sheep and stuff and spoils that our Lord, that God said, destroy it all. No, Saul failed there. He transgressed. He sinned and even lied. Okay, so 19. Wherefore did thou not obey the Lord, but did fly upon the spoil? And Saul said unto Samuel, 
Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agag, the king of Amalekites, and utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgad. So here we go again. This happened down in the Garden of Eden when, when Adam blames the woman, tries to throw her under the bus, and then blames God. You gave me the woman, and the woman made me sin. Here's Saul blaming the people. Saul blames the people. They did it. The people did it. The people took the spoil and the sheep. Well, Saul, you're supposed to be in charge. And that's what people do all the time. Point fingers and blame. Maybe Remember what Jesus Christ said. Raka. Pointing fingers at others with disdain. Trying to blame others. Remember what Jesus Christ said. Don't look at the at the moat or the, or the don't look at, at the blemish in someone else's eye. Look at the giant blemish in your eye. Stop looking around and blaming others and pointing fingers. And people do that today constantly. They constantly pointing fingers at other people. Blaming other people for the situation they're in. Or just looking at others with disdain. None of these things penetrated the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. And he will not accommodate those things, those attitudes, if that's in your heart, in the kingdom of heaven. God forbid you ever hear the most mortifying words you'll ever hear in your existence when you meet your maker. If, God forbid, he says to you, depart from me, you never got to know me. You can't bring that stuff into the kingdom of heaven. You can't bring disdain and blame into the kingdom of heaven, or it would be nothing new than a new. It would be nothing more than a new hell. Liars can't get in there. Thieves, greedy, gluttony, people that are getting, making gain off others' expense, off labor exploitation somewhere, or making personal gain at the expense of Mother Nature's right to exist and flourish. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. He loves His planet, and He loves His people. He loves His children. You have no right to destroy that for your personal gain. And here Saul blames the people. It's so typical of mankind. Blame someone else. It's always someone else's fault. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken the fat of the rams. Hosea 6, six. God wants your love. That's the greatest sacrifice you can give to the Lord. He wants your unadulterated love. You can't fake it. God knows your thoughts and intents in real time. There's nothing hid that shall not be revealed in real time. You're only kidding yourself if you think you're getting away with something. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is the iniquity of adultery. Well, those are big words there. Think about that. Witchcraft. Dealing with spirits. Evil spirits. Demons, devils, evil spirits. In, or in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, we see who's in charge. God allows Satan to be prince of the air. That's why Satan said to Jesus Christ, I'll give you all this kingdom. And the air means all-encompassing of life. God allows it. 
all demons, devils, evil spirits, all powers and principalities of, of Satan, everything that is corrupt to the Lord Jesus Christ, everything that offends him, everything that is of the darkness is running wild through the air right now, all encompassing of life. We have power over that. Our Lord Jesus Christ gave us power over that. In Luke chapter 10, I give you power over demons, devils, evil spirits, over the serpent. And here we have, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as the iniquity of adultery. What's adultery? Adultery means you're not being faithful. If you're committing adultery, you're not being faithful. You're not being faithful to God. And if you're committing adultery and you're married, you're not being faithful to your wife. And God hates that. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. Whoa. There's a kick in the gut, Saul. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned. For I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord in thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Hey, he's trying to please the people. Mistake for listening to people and not God. Be careful when someone's teaching you the Bible, whatever church you go to, or wherever you get your news. Trying to please people. Forget about it. God's word is not written to please people. It's not written for your convenience. You have to tweak your lifestyle to suit God's word. You can't tweak your tweak God's word to suit your lifestyle. God has nothing to prove to you. You cannot violate the principles of God without consequence. And look at the consequence here for Saul. And these are all examples for us. Now, therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee. For thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. And the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. Boom. Kick it in the gut there, Saul. You know, as Saul, you know, getting on his hands and knees and, and praying to the Lord for repentance, he's no, he's asking Samuel. And, so, and as Samuel turned about to go his way, Saul laid hold upon his skirt of his mantle and rent it. Saul ripped Sam's clothes. That's assault. That's so mad. Here's the trademarks of evil right there. Anger, aggression. Anger, aggression, arrogance. Get back here. He rips his clothes. That's assault. Go to jail, Saul. Assault causing. Assault causing bodily harm to his clothes. 28. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord has rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day and hath given it to a neighbor of of thine that is better than thou. And we're talking about none other than the beloved King David himself. Out of the mouth of babes. Matthew 21 verse 16. Now let's read this uh, right from the manuscripts. This next verse. And also the strength of Israel. This is a divine name. The word strength should be capitalized in your Bible. It means and also the eternal one of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. God doesn't repent. He doesn't change his mind. Even though it said God repented in verse 11, that meant this means different. God sighed with disappointment, but God is not going to change his mind. God's word is, was, and always will be. He knows what's going down. He knows what's best for you in your personal life and for this planet. 
But God's allowing this right now. He wants to see who has love for him. Free will love. He will only accept free will love. If you love the ways and things of the world, like Saul did here and the people, oh, I want some more stuff. Think about how fleeting that stuff is. Thinking about, compare, compare what the stuff that they got. Like sheep, goats, and, and probably got gold and all kinds of stuff when they raided uh, this uh, Amalek's army. And they took all the stuff from the people. Think about how fleeting that stuff is. Look at the affairs of time. Draw a line on a piece of paper. On the left side, put infinity back. On the right side, put infinity forward. And draw a little tiny speck on that line, wherever you want. And there's your vapor of time. And people put so much emphasis on their stuff, on material things, compared to the affairs of time. Infinity forward, infinity back. Especially infinity forward. That stuff isn't going to get you nothing. It's only going to last a few years. Like People will just go, okay, we, we raided, say we raid a country now, we take all their Cadillacs. We take all their gold. Yeah, in a few years, those Cadillacs are going to be uh, rusted out. And, and what are you going to do with the gold when you're dead? You can't buy your way into heaven. You can't go up to the Lord Jesus Christ. Look here, I, got, uh, I, I have the most stuff, uh, a gold platinum credit card here, and a wheelbarrow full of gold. Let me in. The most, the most mortifying words you will hear. You think you can buy your way into heaven? Salvation is free. You can't buy your way in. Think about that. It means nothing. What you accumulate down here means less than nothing. You have to accumulate the love of Christ in your heart and have compassion for the whole human family. Be a good Samaritan. Be a good neighbor. Stop being possessive. God's, all God's ways of gain are by giving. All Satan's ways of gain are by taking Selfish, self-absorbed. And that's what happened. Saul just got his kingship ripped right out of him. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now. I pray thee before the elders of my people and before Israel, and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord thy God. So Samuel turned again after Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. Okay, Saul's trying to repent here. Then said Samuel, Bring ye hither to me Agag, the king of Ham of the Amacolites. And Agab came in delicately, like passively. Like he's like he's probably, you know, got Tyvex on. Or he's probably got the bracelets on. And Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. He's trying to save his own life here. And Saul said, As thy sword hath made woman childless, you're a murderer. You're you're a murderer, Mr. Amacolite, Mr. Agag. So shall thy mother be childless among the women. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. Okay, so finally, Samuel's trying to, you know, backtrack here and make up for what he did wrong. He's, at least he's acknowledging that he did something wrong. Like God didn't devoid, God didn't void Saul's chance of salvation. Just being king. God just took his kingship away. But he's still going to carry on as king.
but you're going to see what happens here. Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to the house of Gilbeah of Saul. And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul. Compassion. And the Lord repented that he made Saul king over Israel. He just was disappointed. Like he gave this guy a kingdom. He talked to him. He put his spirit into his heart. As it was written a few chapters ago, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, is divine and invisible force. He put it in Saul's heart. It always represents that invisible force that is only seen through his manifestations. He manifests this guy who couldn't even keep track of his dad's livestock to be king. He instructed him personally. These manifestations of the Spirit of God are seen both externally to mankind and internally to the individual. Like it was a miracle. Miracle is the life-changing results to recognize and utilize your unique gift of God's given talent to you. God allowed Saul to be leader. And Saul decided, hey, I'm going to go do what I want. And you know what? I can do that personal here. I've been studying God's Word for a long time. 25 years. I've had this very copy of the Bible in my hand now for over for 20 years, over 20 years. And I used to make excuses myself. I go, all right, I served God. I studied really hard for four, five, six hours. And then I, then I went out and I didn't walk it. I didn't talk it. I went out and, and, and didn't, I wasn't a good Christian person. And God says, you want chastisement? Boy, I'll, I'll show you chastisement. Go after your vain curiosities, Michael. Go for it. Go chase these vain curiosities, the ways and things of the world. And I stared death in the face. Twice got, brack, got brought back to life from the medical doctors. And, and then I realized, hey, this is serious. You have to walk it. You have to talk it and walk it and mean it and have it in your heart. Lip service and excuses mean less than nothing to God. And God's outstretched arms were always there for me. And now God holds my hand, allows me to teach the Bible, allows me the key of David, allows me the spirit of prophecy to dwell within me. The spirit of prophecy is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is His character. The spirit of prophecy is the intellect of the sacred testimony. It allows me to serve the Bible to, to whomsoever will. And I love everybody, just like Samuel still loves Saul. Because we love the human family. We love everybody on the planet. We might not love what they're doing. But we want us all to sing for joy again. To glory the Lord. To sing to God in joy. And to please the Lord. As it's written in Job 38. We all once sang for joy. And then we all fell. Well, it's not just the greatest thing. There's 1 Samuel chapter 15. And I hope you're enjoying that. My name is Mike. This is the Companion Chapel. Please help keeping this podcast alive. And, and uh, please support this podcast if you would. Even $10. What's 10 bucks a month? That's hardly anything. And it helps me keep this podcast going. I do this full time. I study God's Word. I run a Bible study in Paisley, Ontario, Canada. Come on out. Um, I'm running the Companion Chapel here all by myself. Come get involved. Um... 
I want to thank you very much for listening. Go to companionchapel.com and please support this podcast any way you can. I want to thank you for listening. Please promote this podcast, share this podcast, help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. That's your calling. That's your call to action. I want to thank you very much for listening. Have yourself a great day. Bye for now.